In goes Stewart! They've only gone and done it! And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello, it's Saturday, and that means it's time to spend a bit of time with someone from our opponents today. I'm very happy to welcome Hayden, a Worthing supporter, to the Glovers cast to give us a bit of insight into the Rebels. Thanks for coming on, Hayden. No problem at all, Ian. Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Again, any excuse to talk about the Rebels, it'll suit me to a T. <laughs> Good. You can give us all the the top top secrets and the, and the big info ahead of this afternoon's game. I, I suppose the big news this week is that the manager, Adam Hinchwood, has signed a new contract. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about him and how happy are you that he's committed to a new deal? Oh, couldn't be happier, really. It couldn't have come at a better time or be better news for us, um, given where the club are at at the moment and uh, a few of the advancements we've made this season and how ambitious we're being this campaign. I think there's no better way to show that than getting Adam down on a new contract. He's massively rated for the things he's achieved. He's a very young coach with a quite particular style. So to get him penned down for another a three-year extension is ridiculously good news for the club. I think he's he's pretty much at the heart of a lot of... It's him and George Dowell are the two keys for everything that's good that's happened at the club over the past decade or so. And uh, to get him locked down is a massive, massive deal for us. You, you touched on George. Uh, George, um, for those who don't know, George is the owner of Worthing and, and Seb White, a uh, fan of Yeovil Town, uh, put us in touch with um, George, who's passed us on to Hayden. But he, he's really picked the club up, hasn't he? Yeah, so from when I started going regularly, which was about a decade ago, 2013, uh, the club around that time were in a few hundred thousand pounds of debt. Um, Gates were probably about 150, 200, 250 on a good day. And there was a very real chance at the end of 2015 that we were going to reform and liquidate. And that was when George stepped in and saved us. He took the club over in April 2015. And it's been ever since then that the club just completely transformed at that point Hinch was in his first stint and sort of building this team that wasn't getting paid and it was this plucky little thing that could but couldn't and George was the one that unlocked it uh, a town of Worthing size to have never really had a team that's achieved what it should have done it's always been its problem but George is the one who's unlocked that he invested in the stand he invested in the pitch the stadium the team actually started paying them that was pretty good uh, for us at the time, cleared our debts and everything like that. And it's been since then. Uh, two promotions, maybe should have been more than that if the lockdown seasons hadn't happened. And it's just it, the things that George has done for this football club. I think he's um, he has the freedom of Worthing forever for what he's done for the club. And you, you finished fourth in the playoffs last, or you're in the playoffs last season, finishing fourth. And it, it does feel like when you look at your history, it, it seems, you know, you're there is that progression. You're getting closer and closer. How how frustrating was last season to 
not, you know, not do it and, mm. you know, being in the playoffs at the moment, you know, it, it, do you think that's the, the future is very bright? You know, it, it was kind of the opposite last season. I think maybe I'm just a pessimist uh, or a bit of a realist. I don't know which way you want to put it, but uh, I, I never, never would have thought we'd got to that point last season. I thought a good mid-table season, we'll build on that next year. Uh, quite a lot of players that hadn't played at that level, I thought it'd take a bit of time to adjust to it, but we just blew our expectations out of the water last season. And I, th- I think it maybe helped that a lot of teams underperformed last season, perhaps. I think there was quite a few teams that maybe should have been kicking on a little bit more um, that didn't quite pull that off. I think teams that haven't, we're seeing them this season, the way they've fallen off and it was similar last year. But getting fourth was a ridiculous achievement uh, last season. I think the danger with that was it set up a precedent for this season where it's, okay, this is what we're capable of. This is what we can achieve. And because as a football club, we're always looking up, we're always looking at what the next step is ambition-wise. I think that's that kind of led us down the line this season of, all right, we've got to be looking at promotion. Now, that's pretty difficult when you've got yourselves coming down, Maidstone coming down, you know, the quality of Torquay, obviously, as well. Teams like Eastbourne having a lot of money pumped into them, Willing having money pumped into them, and all this. And it's become probably more competitive than it's been you know, to my knowledge ever at this level of football. So we are looking up. I think we're definitely looking at getting ourselves up into the next level in at least the next, you know, two or three years. This season, I think the dream would be to do it. But maybe, maybe it would take another year or two and maybe a few of you guys all falling away a little bit for us to to have a chance at it. Yeah, I think even coming into this league and... um. Yeah, with Maidstone and Torquay, and you think massive clubs, but also the there's some teams like yourselves, um, St Albans. There's teams around that play some really nice football and and can do something. Um, yeah, can do their damage on their day. And as we've learned playing on uh, artificial pitches, uh, we struggle um, on those. So. Uh, we have a rule on the Glover's cast that we're not allowed to talk to the, talk about them just because it gets a bit boring. So oh, we're going to leave it again because of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that will be something in the back of our minds going into the game today. Um, what sort of football does um, Adam Hinchelwood play? How, do, how does he get your team playing? So ideally it's possession-based and quite attacking. We like to retain the ball, uh, knock it around at the back, keep hold of it, progress from the back. Uh, if we're not doing that, we're doing a little bit more of what you would see from Brighton's Deserby sort of side, where it's retaining the ball, recycling it, bringing in the press and then getting teams on the break, using a little bit of pace and a bit of dynamism. A lot of very good attacking options we have. Not so many great defensive options at the moment uh, with a few injury issues we've got. But uh, yeah, we're quite an attacking side. We quite like to play football properly. And I think you'll find that in this level as well. It's uh, it's always had a reputation the national self of being quite physical, a bit rough and ready, but a lot of very good football insides, as you mentioned just now, like really a lot of teams that quite like to play decent football at this league now. Yeah, I think like we we played Chelmsford at home and they were very sort of ball on the floor, playing playing nice stuff. It wasn't so much about that lump it and mm. yeah, physical game, like you say. Um, how's the season been so far? Doing Doing all right in the playoffs at the moment? Um, how, how do you feel the season's going? Yeah, no, great. It's, I mean, anything could have happened this season. We could have been rock bottom for all I care. 
as long as we had that win at Torquay, it was just the most unbelievable day to be little old Worthing going to away to Torquay, taking about 150 fans. And okay, it's not a lot, but for us to go and do that and humiliate them the way that we did that afternoon was just something else. And it's just, just stuff like that. It's made it incredible, really. I think been a little bit of frustration this past month. I think we've been pretty poor away from home. Uh, We had our last two league home uh, league away games. We've lost four nil. Uh, back to back in those Braintree and Maidstone, which haven't been the best. Uh, and I think Hinge has got a little bit frustrated um, with some of the performances of late as well. Um, up until the last couple of weeks, I think it's starting to turn around again. Obviously, last weekend as well, uh, winning at Bath 2 0 uh, in the FA Cup fourth qualifying round. That's put us in the first round for the first time in 24 years. So, given where we are in the league, getting into the FA Cup properly for the first time in, you know, donkeys since I was in a push chair. All in all, like it couldn't really be much better. It's exciting. That must be really exciting for the town as well. Like you said, if it's not had that for such a long time, um, yeah, yeah, a great, a great story. Um, you you've touched on those performances and those results. Any sort of any players missing at the moment? What's the shape of the squad? And and yeah, anyone that our team need to particularly keep an eye on? Well, yeah, um, squad wise, we're relatively okay. So we we. Defence is the biggest problem. Uh, we're missing three players to injury, one suspension at the moment. Aaron Racine's our captain, centre-back. He's got a knee injury. He's only gone for a scan for that. We don't actually know what the, the full extent of that is at the moment, so we're still waiting on that. A little bit worrying because he had a, a long-term issue with that. He used to play uh, Forest Green, was a captain in the playoff final about seven years ago and had to retire from football entirely for two years because of a knee issue. So... That's a little bit of a worry, but we'll obviously see where we're at with that. Um, our left back, Cameron Tutts, injured. He's had a lot of injury problems the last couple of years himself. And uh, Greg Lure, one of our strikers, is as well. I think the biggest loss is Aaron, um, but the suspension loss in Joe Felix, um, who is a complete jack of all trades for us. He's meant to be a left back, meant to be a right back. He's wound up playing right mid, left mid, centre mid, left winger, right winger wing-backs, the lot, you name it, he's been there. And he's been one of our best players this season. He's got a ridiculous engine on him. He's a workhorse, fantastic on the ball, incredibly versatile. So he's a massive loss. And yeah, Aaron being our captain, a very calm head, a professional, someone who suits this level to a T, losing him as well. Two big blows for us. Uh, but elsewhere on the pitch, we're we're looking pretty good. And I think... Well, a win at Craw- against Crawley on uh, last night, I should say, or uh, midweek, I should say. Uh, that's a little bit of a positive sign for how we're playing. I was going to ask about that. Was it six two, five two, six two? Yes, yeah, six two. And was that a was that a full strength your side? Was that a full strength team from the Worthing side of things? Chance to be a statement, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a few switches from us. I think a few fair few switches from them. Apparently, there was maybe three or four. Uh, that they would normally name in a League One, a League Two game squad, mm. but I don't think the bulk of them. You know, a lot of them are the reserves in their team that aren't pulling up any trees. I'd imagine, um, but it wasn't a bad lineup from them. It was better than we thought it'd be. The one thing that stood out to me was they had a guy at centre back who got himself sent off, had his head rattled by our winger Bailey Smith, lost his head, throwing punches, trying to grab him by the throat, oh, wow. gets, gets himself sent off early in the second half. And it was one of them where the ref and the liner hasn't seen it. 
and the crowd have got on his back and I think they've gone and sent him off because they're like, we may as well. <laughs> he seems like he's got a bit of a temper on him. Uh, and he's one of the players that uh, the Wagme group, the owners of Crawley, have put in a statement as one of their big crowning achievements since owning the club. He put it out like last week saying, yep, we've just gone and signed this guy Johnson from League One. Great underlying numbers, fantastic technical player, complete liability. So I suppose if that's what we were going up against with Crawley, maybe, yeah, maybe it weren't so much of a great showcase for us, but I'll take it. 60 yeah. wins. League two side, yeah, why not? The history books will always say you beat Crawley 6 2. And uh, yeah, that'll do me. Hate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you very much for taking time out to chat to us. Uh, supporters will be very, very intrigued to hear some of that stuff around the club. And this, uh, yeah, uh, enjoy the game, but don't enjoy it too much. Yeah, I was expecting that from you. Uh, I could say <laughs> the same back. <laughs> Thanks very much, Aiden. Nice one. Thank you very much, mate. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from two.